In those days on radio, that was live, wasn't it, the radio show? It certainly was. So if you blew a joke, you went oh, right on. Oh, it was fun. And you used yeah. to have all the tricks in radio, because, you know, if, if a joke didn't play, you used to go, <laughs> kiss it, you know, and all that stuff. But I loved it. There the was no, no makeup, and you just walked out of the studio, and you dropped it in there, you know, and you walked. Yeah. It was just beautiful. You know, when I was a kid, they would always say, uh, hey, did you hear about how Bob Hope got cut off last week or something, like a censor? would yeah. decide that yeah. a show... Yeah, yeah. Now, how could that happen? The show was live and the joke was already told. No, we had to submit the script to him, you know, and they'd start uh, screaming. And we, a funny thing about us, we used to do a, a preview on the night before. Very uh -huh. long preview, then cut it down. And it had a lot to do with the success of our show. Because we had a lot of writers, you know, I found out after playing around and trying to get everything out of college humor, you know, and switching jokes around, that mm -hmm. it'd be nice to write, uh, hire some writers, you know? So I finally wound up with 12 writers, the greatest talent you ever saw. And we used to do all this stuff, and then we'd cut it down. We'd go to the agency and cut it down, and the next day we'd go on. Well, the, the censor had already heard some of the jokes, so he'd come in and say, you can't do that joke. And would you think that they would try and bring out a vice president from New York because you wanted to say, we want to help Kate Smith get her moon over the mountain? <laughs> You, know, no, you can well, say that in church today. <laughs> that's right. You know, but that's one of the lines that, that we really went to the mat with, you know. We were trying to do things that would get attention, and we'd, uh, we'd all stand down the end of the hallway, you know, and, and the censor would come down, and 12 guys say, oh, here comes old Dirty Mind. <laughs> can you imagine walking into the mouth of 12 writers, and uh, we find that the censor finally has to be transferred to San Francisco. And I doubt if there's any one of those jokes that you couldn't easily do now. And, uh... Oh. Nothing. We'd never do. You know, because in those days, the standards were different. Yeah. You would never think of saying jerk on the air. 25, a jerk was dirty. That was considered You would never say that, you know? Yeah. And all at once, somebody slipped it in. Hey, jerk, saw that. And you were on the way. Now, it's, it's a straight line. It's a, used to be a four-letter word. Yeah, right. It's amazing. On Tuesday, February 27, 1944, the Bob Hope Show took to the air with a special broadcast for the Coast Guard. The guest was Carol Landis. The Bob Hope Show, a special rebroadcast for the American Armed Forces and their allies with Jerry Colonna, Vera Vague, Francis Langford, Stan Kenton's orchestra, and Bob Hope. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Coast Guard Hope. Yes, sir, tonight we're broadcasting for the Coast Guard. These are the boys who guard the coast, and they really guard it. <laughs> but it's great to be here with the Coast Guard. That's a fighting group, and efficient. This Coast Guard outfit did such a great job during the Prohibition rum running days <laughs> that W.C. Fields almost died of malnutrition. Anything in the ocean not signed up with the Allies hasn't a chance with the Coast Guard. Every morning, whales come in to report their positions. <laughs> Coast Guardmen and Guardsmen are always with the invasion forces. In fact, by the time the Marines get a situation well in hand, the Coast Guard is charging tourists ten tenths apiece to sail by and look at them. That's 
there. I know what side my audience is buttered on. <laughs> and the beach patrol of the Coast Guard live in little huts right down on the beach, and it's very convenient. Every time the tide comes in, they get the laundry done, whether it needs it or not. <laughs> and they don't call them huts, they call them hutlets. A hutlet, that's sort of an open-air oxygen tent. <laughs> each man patrols ten miles of beach, and they pass by so regularly, each clam on the West Coast pulls his neck in on the hour and half hour. And I don't know if those guys down there on the beaches get lonesome or not, but one fella spent three nights in a row trying to date his own echo. <laughs> I asked one guy on the beach patrol if he had to walk very much, and said, I don't know, but when I enlisted, I had feet. <laughs> and the men on the beach patrol do a lot of rescue work, too. One sentry heard a girl yell, help, help, and he ran over, but before he got there, the guy drove away. I, uh... I have a fast car. I went for, uh... <laughs> I went for a ride today in a Coast Guard cutter, and it was a trifle rough. A trifle rough, that's a nautical expression meaning very invigorating, and don't crowd, I was at the rail first. <laughs> I, won't, I won't say there was much of a breeze, but it was the first time I ever spit in my own eyes. One of their five-inch guns. I don't want to brag and say I hit anything, but you know the city hall here at Long Beach? Well, it looks just as nice as San Pedro. <laughs> there's one... And now I want you to meet Professor Colonna, fellow Coast Guardsman who knows all about boats. And I'll take... be with you in a minute, Hope. I'm over here looking over a lifeboat. Looking over a lifeboat? Oh, Professor, kiss me again. Well, provisioned, aren't they? <laughs> Professor, how come you know so much about the sea? My father was part old tar. Part old tar. What was the other part? Seven. <laughs> well, have you ever had any narrow escapes with old man Neptune? Oh, no. In fact, I've never even been out with his daughter. <laughs> uh, well, when did you get in the Coast Guard, Colonna? Six months ago when I went down and enlisted in the spa. <laughs> the spies are all women. If you're in the spies, you're the only man in a group of 8,000 women. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Happy little Bernardo T. Well, tell me, as a seaman, have you ever been on a yawl? Beg pardon? Yawl, yawl. Oh, southerner, eh? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I know a lot about yachts. Well, what was your most exciting experience as a yachtsman, Professor? I once had a schooner capsized on me. Your schooner capsized on you? What'd you do? Wiped off the bar and ordered another. <laughs> uh, truthfully, hope I had a little accident during my last voyage. You see, I it was so foggy I ran into a bell girl. Colonna, no, no, you mean bell boy. No, bell girl, manpower shortage. <laughs> well, was it a bad accident, Colonna? Yes, hope the ship's out of the seat. I waited a few minutes and then yelled, Women and children first. Colonna, you waited a few minutes and then yelled, Women and children first. Why didn't you yell right away? Busy putting on my diaper. <laughs> and here goes Stan Kenton, my hot cousin. 
Pope's radio cast from this era is his most famous. Along with Jerry Colonna and Francis Langford, the squeaky man crazed Vera Vague, voiced by Barbara Jo Allen, was tremendous. Blanche Stewart and Elvia Allman played high society nitwits Brenda and Gobina, modeled after real-life socialites Brenda Frazier and Gobina Wright Jr. Wright filed suit, but settled, Hope remembered, when he invited her on the show as a guest. Wendell Niles was often Hope's announcer for Pepsodent. And uh, Wendell Niles was the man who said, and now the um, Lever Brothers, the makers of Pepsodent, present Bob Hope. Wendell, glad yes. to have you with us today. You, you, announced, nice to you announced for Bob Hope for how long? Uh, I think we did about seven or eight years. <laughs> I have the scars to prove it. It was a long <laughs> all through the war. All through the world. So you would travel with Bob from camp to camp then in all those shows? Yeah, huh? I didn't go overseas with him because I had to stay and do the uh, shows. We were on uh, for Pepsi. Mm -hmm. so, no summer break on those no. Hope shows? No, usually no, not. When he was traveling, usually I did the shows locally. That's hard for me when I try to think. <laughs> Something always happens. You're not alone, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> Something to be said for no. Oh, that's a lot yeah. of fun. We have great. Bob just lives two blocks from me down and mm -hmm. over in uh, Toluca Lake. So you're still, you get to see him every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Even though yeah, all he's, uh, he's great. He's uh, two years older than I am, and you know, I <laughs> learned to respect my elders. And he's... <laughs> Wonderful guys. He's, he was a great person to be with all the time. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. On the Hope shows, as I understand it, there would be a, an hour-long rehearsal in front of an audience, after which they would start editing material for the half-hour show. Didn't that happen for some time? No. Okay, Nothing. this is it. Thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you many times we didn't rehearse at all. I remember so we were the number one show on the mm -hmm. air at that time. I remember many times, like, we'd be doing something like in St. Louis and out of one of those camps, and uh, you'd get out of a staff car and go on stage and immediately do our show. No rehearsal. Many times. None at all. Just hand you the script and away it would go. Yeah, that's right. We'd had it sometimes to review <laughs> the script in the staff car. But many times we didn't have any rehearsal. It's always amazing to me uh, the, to look at New York uh, things and see who did my shows. Like uh, <laughs> Bill Goodwin gets most of the credit for being in the Hope Show and a few other people. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a thing uh, they did. Uh, I suppose you guys all did the same thing. They, they put out a book on people who were in the Walk of Fame. And I got a nice picture, a big picture, almost a half. And I got two shows that they gave me credit for it. I never heard of either one of them. <laughs> well, we heard, we can, we'll rattle off a bunch of your credits. Bob Hope Show, Lum and Abner, The Man Called X with Herbert Marshall. You were on the When a Girl Marries. You uh, announced that show. A Fitch Bandwagon. Yeah, thousands of them. Philip Marlowe, Charlotte Greenwood. Hey, you're married to a captain in the Air Force, aren't you? I sure am. Well, let me know if you ever need a ground crew, will you? <laughs> Where's your husband's station, Carol? Well, I don't know exactly, Bob, but in his last letter, he drew a little picture of himself wearing a grass skirt. That's the clue to where he is, isn't it? I hope so. I'd hate to think it's how he made out in the crap game. <laughs> uh, how are they treating you over 20th century? Oh, fine, but I'd like a contract with Paramount, too. Uh, do you have any insurance, sir? 
Read it slow. Do I have any influence to tell? Tell, all I have to do is raise my hand, and you know what happened? What happened? They hand me a broom. Oh, you've been promoted. <laughs> Where are you taking but, your cold from? But, really, I don't blame Paramount, Bob. I've seen some of your pictures. I know. Huh? <laughs> well, I should have more serious parts. Boy, I'd love to do Shakespeare. Oh, I can just see you now. Making an omelet out of Hamlet. <laughs> For your information, Miss Landis, Paramount had a lot of trouble signing me. I turned up my nose at plenty of contracts. Well, now that you signed, why don't you turn it back down again? <laughs> Well, it comes in handy for picking up cigar butts on the beach, anyway. Hey, Carol, you live right at the beach, don't you? Uh-huh. I have a house in Santa Monica. I spent all last summer on the beach. You did? Well, didn't you see me there? I saw you once, Bob, but I didn't want to speak to you. You were too busy selling your hot dogs. <laughs> Carol, did you ever run into one of those Coast Guardsmen patrolling the beach? Why, yes. Just the other morning, I was going in for a swim... And I saw one pacing up and down the sand, and... Yeah, see all this walking. Sure is hard on my feet. Already wore out three pair of bunions. <laughs> hello? Oh, hello, tall, dark, and lacking. Uh, wait a minute, you a saboteur? Oh, that's silly. How could I be a saboteur? A saboteur undermines morale and distracts people's minds from their work. You're a saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, what are your duties here on the beach patrol? I don't know. I never stopped walking long enough to find out. <laughs> well, uh, when you joined up, you should have told them you joined the Navy to see the world. I did. What did they do? Well, they brought me down here on the beach, pointed, and said, there it is, out there. Mmm. <laughs> you smell nice. Do you use eau de cologne? Eau de cologne? What's that? Oh, you know. When you get through shaving, what do you put on? My underwear. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't wear any? Do you have many adventures when you're patrolling the beach? Yes, quite a few. Last week I stepped on a lobster and he fastened his claw on my big toe. Oh, goodness. Did you lose your toe? Oh, no, I didn't lose it. I got it right here in my pocket. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you got a girl? Yeah, I've got a picture tattooed on my chest. I'll unbutton my shirt. See, that's her. Oh, she's pretty, isn't she? But what's that bandage doing on her uh, leg? Uh, that's where my dog tag bit her. <laughs> kind of cute, ain't she? She's very cute, but uh, did she always have those big pouches under her eyes? No, those are my camper bags. Say, so how about meeting you tonight? Well, you don't sound very romantic to me. I, uh, I don't think you're my type. Oh, sir, I'll show you how I'm a romantic guy. I'll stand here on the edge of the beach and sing you a tender love ballad. You'll sing me a tender love ballad? Yep, here goes. Oh, man's a dose and dose, a dose and dose and dose and dose and The tide came in just in time, didn't it?
you going to sing this to your brother in the Coast Guard? Absolutely. I know you are. When I go for a while, I love the old friends in you. Broadcast, Bob Hope and the cast will start a tour of the Southern Army camps, airfields, and service bases. First stop, Mobile, Alabama. On hearing this, the governor of California says to the governor of Alabama, We can't lose Bob Hope. You can't lose Bob Hope? No, so you take him. Maybe you can lose him. <laughs> Since he's traveling light, Bob packs almost is all cherished possessions. Nice reading. Thank you. Let's see now. I have nothing to work on. Let's see now. Now my cherished possessions. I have my yo-yo, my cards, loaded dice, and my flashlight with a picture of Betty Grable pasted on the glass. Oh, Miss Murphy! How am I going to get over with that? Are you? Oh, pretty soon we'll be on our way to Alabama, and I just love those southern men. They're so hospital. Miss <laughs> Vade, you mean hospitable. Not when I get through with them. <laughs> oh, dear, I can't wait till they get You know, Mr. Hope, I'm quite footloose. Yes, and the rest of you can stand tightening up, too. Well, <laughs> oh, well, you're feeling your oats tonight, aren't you? <laughs> Of course, that no 
nose that beats the bottom of any tea bag. <laughs> You think you like Alabama, Miss Vane? Oh, yes. The last time I was down there, I met one of those real southern colonels. A real genuine southern colonel. Well, what makes you so sure he was a real southern colonel? Well, he had eagles on his shoulders, and they had a mint julep in his car. <laughs> well, are you going to say goodbye to these postcardsmen before we leave, Miss Vane? Uh, well, no, I'm not. I'm very angry with these men, Mr. Hope. When we arrived here, they brushed me aside to get the Francis Lankers. Well, that's their job, Miss Vane, to remove old wrecks that interfere with navigation. Oh. Get rid of an old delivery that's interfering with my career. Oh, bless oh, your heart. You, my oh, yes, sir. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> I suppose it's inherited, Mr. Hope. Every time you make a joke, you're only following in your parents' footsteps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tell me, are all the arrangements made for our transportation, Mr. Hope? Yes, Professor Colonna's down at the railroad station seeing about the ticket. I expect him to phone any minute. Hello? This is him now. Him now? Oh, yes. How are you, him now? Uh, are my shirts ready? Uh, hello, now, listen. This is Bob Hope. Oh, Bob Hope. Bob is a silly mistake. How are you, Hope? Are my shorts ready? Uh, <laughs> stop clowning, Colonel. Did you get the railroad tickets for our trip south? I certainly hope I got them right here in my hand. We go to San Francisco, then to Seattle, Juneau, right of Horse Odessa, Winnipeg, and Baltimore, right to Mobile, Alabama. Well, look, Cologne, I don't want to find fault, but isn't that taking the long way around? What do you do, Hope? It's a troop train, and they all go that way. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Bob. Are we almost ready to leave? Yes, tell me, Francis, you're taking everything along in the trip? Oh, not much. Just what you see here. That's everything. <laughs> and I'm under playing it, too. Who's paying the expenses, Bob? Oh, I'm paying the train expenses, and we'll have the same accommodations as on our last trip. Oh, gosh, and I was hoping this time we'd get to ride inside the train. <laughs> oh, I thank you, dear, pardon me, but I hope you won't be offended if I'm a bigger hit than you are in the South. Oh, of course not. You should be right at home in the tobacco country, Miss Figg, an old plug like you. <laughs> For what you say, dear. I knew the water on your brain had never mixed with all that peroxide. <laughs> oh, well, uh, let's not argue, dear. In a short time, we'll be in Alabama. Oh, if I remember our last trip there, I was a toast to the South, and I was a toast to the South. How about me? Quiet crumb. <laughs> oh, is Mr. Kenton and his orchestra coming with us, Mr. Hope? Oh, uh, not us. The musicians don't like the way Bob handled things on the last trip. What's the matter, Skin? I got him on the train, didn't I? Yeah, but you should have got him tickets. Well, I'll let him keep half the tips. I don't know why. <laughs> what about you, Wendell Howes? What did you think of your accommodation? Can't kick. Can't kick? How can I? In your trunk. Uh... <laughs> Hello? Hello, is this Bob Hope, that great, that sensational, that witty and clever comedian who follows Fibber McGee? Yes, who is this? Fibber Colonna. <laughs> Hey, Hope, remember that $500 you gave me for three tickets? I'm worried about it. Why are you worried about the $500, Clona? Oh, it's my point. <laughs> the 
Professor, you should have had our whole trip arranged an hour ago. What's delaying you? We're trying to get transportation these days. Nonsense, Colonel. There's no shortage of transportation. You're at the railroad station now, aren't you? Yes. We'll just go up to the ticket window and say, give me 20 tickets to Mobile, Alabama, please. Okay, oh. Give me 20 tickets to Mobile, Alabama, please. You want 20 tickets to Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) 20 tickets. (laughs) Oh. Captain W.F. Cole, District Coast Guard officer at the Levis Naval District here in Long Beach. Coast Guard has always met tough men and tough little cutters who tackle the oceans on stormy nights to rescue shipwrecked sailors, who bust up icebergs in our shipping lanes and keep friendly beacons burning in lighthouses in New England of the Golden Gate. Always a great name from the Atlantic to the Pacific, today it's a great name from Italy to the Marshall Islands. For it's the Coast Guard that races up to those beachheads to deliver the fighting Marines and the Coast Guard that has kept Uncle Sam's harbors free of major catastrophes the past two years, guarding harbors and vessels against accidents and sabotage to set an amazing wartime record of port security and speed shipping on its way to the battlefront. And it's the Coast Guard that's in there beside the tankers and troop ships, crossing ash cans and U-boats and taking out anything the enemy puts in their way. You know, they've got a little motto in the Coast Guard, Semper Gratis, always ready. And then, mister, whenever there's a tough job to do, you'll find the Coast Guard always ready and willing and able to do it. Good night.
This rebroadcast of the Bob Hope Show is a presentation of the Armed Forces Radio Service.